Not Nerd Podcast, Episode 130, All in One Breath. Welcome to the Not Nerd Podcast. I'm Nate Heath, and we are here to talk tech with you today. Lots of teas. Here with me, not, not a tease, here with me, as always, is Mr. Dave Baylor. I am a tease. <laughs> you are. I like to wear my white tees and get water splashed on me. Yes. That's kind of what I was thinking about. Yes. Well, uh, we are not going to cover that on today's podcast. We do have a bunch of different stuff, a little bit of follow-up. Um, so a lot of reports and data came out this week we're going to mm-hmm. look at. And then Apple's WWDC conference has already happened by the time you hear this. Stick around to the end of the episode for a addition, a bonus of some WWDC coverage. And I was just thinking, that's odd that WWDC is is the name of my new cooking show as well. What would Dave cook? Oh, there we go. There we go. For those not in the know, WWDC is Apple's Worldwide Developers Conference. And it's for developers of Apple software anywhere in the world. Ah. Oh, that's why they named it that. Why don't they call it Universal? Yeah. Developer conference. Yeah, they're being pretty uh, narrow-minded. The, the people in the ISS, or they can't participate. Yeah. Screw you guys up in space. Yeah. Whatever. Jeez. Rude. How rude. Uh, our famous catchphrase How of rude. the Not Nerd Podcast. Some follow-up. Months back, we talked about one of the most boring topics ever on the Not Nerd Podcast, the Spectre and Meltdown oh, flaws. Okay. <laughs> no, Dave, I'm I not going to let you make some ten. suggestions. <laughs> yeah. I know you keep that list handy. Um, Nate's Security Stories is yeah. also the title of the list. Crypto watch. <laughs> so Meltdown and Spectre, these fatal we'll say fatal flaws with how Intel, AMD, all these computer processors, they're trying to work so fast and ahead of themselves. Mm -hmm. There's some issues found. Well, they found a bunch more. They're probably (laughs) going to find some more. Yeah. These issues that could be used. Um, So it'll be interesting to see how processors, the world of computer processors has to adjust to this. Uh, But I'm not even going to get into the details because really it's nothing that anybody cares about. There's not a lot of potential risk. Like the story we talked about last week in episode 129 about how everybody should, the FBI says everybody Mm -hmm. should restart their routers. This one, don't worry about it. Just know if you've heard about this, yeah, there's they're going to find more of this. We're all sleeping on a bed of lies. They've lied to us for decades. They are not secure. Oh, well. Oh, well. Life goes on. They're trying to make them faster, and we want faster. And so the cost of that is uh, some issues have been found. So I'm not even going to use the the C-Watch word on this one because I'm calling not news. It does refer to cryptocurrency, but do you remember headphone maker Monster? <laughs> yeah, don't they make energy drinks now? <laughs> Yeah, I believe it's a different company. Oh, Not Monster quite Cables. Sure. Monster, Monster Cable. Cables. They're yeah. the ones that had the uh, $75 gold-plated HDMI cables yeah. that they'd upsell you to at Best Buy. Yeah, don't ever buy gold-plated digital cables. I mean, yeah. unless unless your old one doesn't work or something. Yeah. But it's like, digital is either works or doesn't. It, yeah, exactly. So, Monster, the headphones maker, 
they have not been doing very well lately. Mm-hmm. Shocking mm-hmm. that uh, somebody besides Beats or AirPods or uh, the companies we do, Bose, the companies yeah. we do hear about. So they are doing a $300 million initial coin offering so <laughs> oh, that people boy. can mine for their cryptocurrency to be able to buy their products. That is uh, ridiculous. Yep, and that's why I called it Not News, and we're moving on to Dave's Pro Tip of the Week. Well, let's not talk about security anymore, and let's talk about security. Okay. Yeah, so many of us, um, and this came up on a on a podcast and a website that we listen to, the Daring Fireball, uh, the talk show with John Gruber, and a lot of people out there own iPhones. Like, they're everywhere. Yes. Everyone owns iPhones. And so that's why we talk about them a lot. And plus, we own them. But what I think a lot of people also don't do who use iPhones is turn on a very important security feature. Mm. And this is the feature that you turn on and it will wipe the entire contents of your device if the passcode is entered 10 times incorrectly. But Dave, what if I have small children that play with my phone and they entered it in 10 times and then all my data's gone? Well, you should have a backup. Oh. That's two. If you have iCloud turned on, you can always restore it. But three, it doesn't work the way that everybody thinks it works. Ah. So after about five tries, it puts a timer on it and says, you can't try a sixth time for five minutes. Okay. You try it in five minutes. You do it wrong. It says 10 minutes. And then on up to a half hour, on up to three hours, this thing will say, you can't enter it. You have to wait. Now, the bigger problem would be if I turn this thing on and some jackballs messing with my phone and I have to wait 30 minutes to make a phone call or to take a picture, that's a problem. But you really shouldn't let people mess with your phone. Yes. So there's that edge case where it could be a minor inconvenience, but the possibility of your phone being wiped after 10 times is really slim. Yes. If someone stole your phone and had lots of time to try passwords, then yeah, maybe. But if it's a casual occurrence an like accidental an, yeah child infant toddler situation i would say nine times out of ten you might get to the f- the five minute yeah. wait and then after that it's like give me my phone back kid where's yes. my phone been for 10 minutes you know yeah so it's not an issue so i'm going to tell you guys how to turn that on please do and it's it works on ipads as well uh there is no such feature that i'm aware of for the mac hmm. at this time so we're going to have to go into our settings application on our iPhone. We've been there many times. And on the main screen, we don't need to go to general or any other thing. In the main screen, there's a face ID and passcode option. And as you would expect, it requires you to tap in your passcode. And that would be touch ID and passcode if you do not have the iPhone 10. That's right. If you do not have face ID. I stand corrected. Yes, touch ID and passcode or face ID and passcode depending on your model. A phone. Thank you very much for that. There's a bunch of settings in here. Mine are all set to Face ID, but of course the thumbprint reader works as well. Uh, what you're going to want to do is go down to the very bottom, and there is a setting called Erase Data. If you toggle the Erase Data on, and it warns you, it says all data on this phone will be erased after 10 failed passcode attempts. Go ahead and enable that, and that's it. You just have to turn the switch on. Now, when somebody has your phone and it's locked and you try to enter a password that's incorrect more than five times, it's going to put a timer and 
it'll say you're not able to try again for five minutes. And then the timer keeps getting longer and longer and longer. And then finally, after like a total of like three hours, when the 10th one is put in, it will wipe your phone and erase it. Uh, This is, I think, primarily useful for some type of governmental or local police who might get your phone or the TSA or something, and they plug these things into a machine that can rapidly try Mm. a bunch of different passwords. After just a few attempts, it's going to shut that down, and it makes it to where it's not really profitable for them to wait hours and hours. Because you can imagine if they get to the 10th time, it's all or nothing. Yeah, It's going to erase their phone. So it really protects you from a lot of the governmental agencies and it's going to protect you if someone steals your phone and it will be a mild inconvenience if a child or a goofball friend like yes. one sitting across from me decides to Where? mess with my phone and uh, play a trick on me yeah. so uh, don't don't have any fear don't have any fear turn it on it's one added layer of security that surprise surprise apple has thought through and the way they have implemented it makes lots of sense Let's move on to our takes this week. A big, big story. It's not a big story. But you found the article, Canon has finally ended sales for its last film camera. Some of you may be going, they still make film cameras? Yeah. Uh, Yeah, I came across this and I just thought it was interesting because, you know, Canon and, and Nikon and all these premier camera manufacturers, Kodak, have been making cameras that use film for years and years and years and years. And, you know, digital sensors have gotten so good that they're just demanding and not enough people are are doing that. So I think this article talks about the EOS 1V Mm. is launched in 2000 and in 2010 they discontinued it, but they were... They were still selling old they stock. They still had stock of them, yeah. Yeah, because they made a bunch of them, I guess. It's kind of <laughs> like the VCR story we had a year or two ago where yeah. it was like, yeah, they still had 10,000 VCRs, so, and there were still well sell a couple people a month that would buy it. Yeah. I think it's crazy. They're going to support it through, they will do repairs through 2025. So wow. if you just bought your EOS 1V, you're okay. You've got some support coming yeah. on that. And there are a lot of reasons to use film. Uh, they're diminishing as time goes by. But you can only do certain things, artistic things, yeah. with film. And some people just love it. They're yeah. like, this is like a, a hobby or a craft, and I'm an artist, and I want to do it this way. And that's completely legitimate. But for most people, they just want to take a picture, look at the picture immediately, and it's make it. kind of like riding horses. Yeah. A lot of people love riding horses, but it makes a lot of sense to have a car. Yeah. Uh, and if you are looking in the market for a new film camera, Nikon still sells two film cameras, the F6 and the FM10, mm. uh, with built-in FM radio, hopefully. <laughs> I don't what F- think that ah, bummer. means. Ah, uh, Yeah. So, hey, great news. Film yeah. cameras are gone. More emojis are here. Yes, digital. Give me the digital. <laughs> yes. The Unicode Consortium has approved uh, version 11 of Unicode. And as of June 5th, we have a bunch more emojis. What, uh, what are 60, some highlights? 66 new emoji code points exist in Unicode 11. Wow. Um, so here's some of the ones that you will see. I'll see how many I can get done in one breath. <sighs> 
Smiling face with three hearts, hot face, cold face, parting face, woozy face, pleading face, superhero, supervillain, leg, foot, bone, tooth, goggles, lab coat, hiking boot, flat shoe, raccoon, llama, hippopotamus, kangaroo, badger, swan, peacock, parrot, lobster, mosquito, microbe, mango, leafy green, bagel, salt, mooncake, cupcake, compass, brick, skateboard, luggage, firecracker, red gift, envelope, softball, flying disc, lacrosse, nazar, amulet, jigsaw, teddy bear, abacus, receipt, dual box, <laughs> and more. <laughs> That was tool, Toolbox was the last one. You know, it was uh, amazing. Your pitch kept going up the, yes. the longer you went. Did your vocal cord shrink or something? Yes, exactly. <laughs> uh, the remaining ones would be magnet, test tube, Petri dish, DNA, fire extinguisher, lotion bottle, thread, yarn, safety pin, broom, basket, roll of toilet paper, soap, and sponge. Hmm. Off the show, I'm going to try to do the whole thing in one breath. Yes. Uh, so what... what which one stink stink? <laughs> Which one stick out to you as amazing? Because as you were reading, uh, leafy green bagel salt. I I want some of that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. If you're somebody like me that listens to your podcast at one point five speed, you <laughs> might want to slow that down to yeah. get uh, get the full. Uh, I'm excited about hippopotamus. Um, yeah, you're really going to use that one. Uh, I could have used mosquitoes several times while mm. I was in Uganda. I didn't see any hippos this time. Uh, skateboard. <laughs> like, how do we not have a skateboard before luggage? What the heck is a naz? A Nazar amulet. Um, I would thought that was something sci-fi that you would... An and, eye-shaped amulet believed to protect against the evil eye. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what the cultural relevance is on that one, but it made it made the cut. Hmm. Uh, but yeah, so... And we'll probably see these in the fall with iOS 12 on the iPhone and the next version of Android. They'll start to incorporate these. Yeah, it's roll of toilet paper. Yeah. That's going to be a big one for I'm me. I need that one. <laughs> it's like I tried to text you and all I get is one emoji back. Yeah. Toilet paper. Toilet paper. Uh, so, yes. Lacrosse, lacrosse fans uh, rejoice. Next story. Um, speaking of iOS, there was some data I teased earlier that uh, we had some data that came out this week. App Annie is a analytics program for uh, applications. So they do market intelligence, app analytics for apps. So they say okay. that there are 2,857 iOS apps that make over a million dollars a year. Wow. So that's pretty good. We talk a lot about the app economy and the iPhone economy. These All these people, besides the people that work at Apple, that make money because the iPhone and iOS exist. And this would definitely uh, go to show that. So there's also some other data along with this. Uh, the iOS app store generates nearly twice as much consumer spend as the Google Play uh, app store, despite a lower device install base yep. so makes you wonder why developers are going to apple instead of android yes. games account for 31 percent of downloads but 75 percent of spend which again makes sense your candy crush your mm-hmm. clash of clans all these different games where some people seem to be sub- surprised that we spend a lot of money on these games and it's like the instant gratification society we have yeah and don't be surprised entertainment value it's like yeah that's that's what we want to put our money into. Well, and another thing is is to have $60 to buy a game, not a lot of people have that, but they have a dollar here or yes. $2 there that over time they can spend. Clash Royale, for example. Yeah. Um, my son plays that, and a couple times he's dropped 10 bucks on a thing. Yeah. And so 
over the course of the game that he's played it, he's probably spent 20 or 30 bucks total. Oh, yeah. I've sent, spent zero. But he didn't just drop 30 bucks on the game. It was over time. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? And he's had fun playing it. So I think that's important to point out because a lot of people are thinking, how could you spend so much money on one game? Well, if it's a game you've been playing for two years, it makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, some other numbers. Nearly 10,000 apps have inju- individually generated over a million dollars in consumer spending since 2010. So over the last eight years. And then there's 564 that they say make over uh, $10 million and is this uh, per year. before or after Apple gets their 30%? That I did not see the number on that. I would guess it's before. So uh, in most cases... The developer gets 70%, Apple yeah. gets 30%. So, so of the million, they're going to take home 700000 Yeah, yeah. So uh, it's a big a big market, and you can see why everybody's after that, you know, what's the next big app? Because there is money to be made there. <laughs> the Not Nerd Podcast app. Yes. Next up, some more data. YouTube is the preferred platform of today's teens. Huh. So we see a lot of these kind of reports. This was the Pew (laughs) Pew Pew Research Center. We've mentioned them. Uh, They say 85% of teenagers use the YouTube platform. Closely behind our Instagram with 72% and Snapchat, 69% of young people, 13 to 17, are using Snapchat. So, you know, Facebook, the the big report, it is low, Uh, Mm -hmm. but... Again, this is teenagers saying what they use, and a lot of teenagers are going to think because it's not cool to say they use Facebook, or they just don't use it enough to really think about it. But how do you really use YouTube? You can watch videos, and you can put videos there, and you can comment on videos. Yeah, are people like just using that as their social? I don't. It doesn't say. Yeah, it's kind of a different world than say your Snapchat mm-hmm. or your Facebook, which is more of a purely so. I guess you could only use Facebook to watch videos, but yeah, I mean, I can't post a text to YouTube for someone to watch. Yeah, and a photo, I would have to do that through a video format. So, just it seems like it's like uh, oranges and apples. Yes, or I said that backwards. It's like apples and oranges. Yes, uh, and it. Also, later, towards the end of the article, it says, Although more teens use YouTube than any other platform, it's worth noting that respondents say they use Snapchat the most often. So that kind of goes to what you're saying. Yeah. That that's what they're using for conversation type stuff. But But everybody's got an account. Yes, exactly. So uh, just more data. Process as you will. You can read more. Um, Now, here's the big dog in the data world is Mary Meeker... We mentioned her last year. She did their annual uh, Internet Trends Report. This is a real person and not a comic book hero? I, well, it is hard to say. Um, so the Code Conference, which is a very tech bubble conference that happens. Mm-hmm. Um, I listened to an interview with, it wasn't Mark Zuckerberg, but it was Sheryl Sandberg and the other Mark that's the CTO of Facebook. They did. They were on stage for an interview mm-hmm. during this code conference. They get some big people in there. But so this is when Mary she did a presentation on her trends report. There are 294 slides uh, yeah, that you can so. go through of data. Some of the recode went through and took some of the big takeaways. Uh, smartphone unit shipments didn't grow at all in 2017. Uh, but people are u- increasing the amount of time they spend online. 
global average selling price of smartphones is continuing to decline, even though, you know, like the iPhone 10 and the Samsung uh, Galaxy Notes are more expensive than they've ever been. Uh, mobile payments are increasing. So it's a lot of stuff that you would kind of expect, but it's putting numbers on that actual stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, like voice-controlled products like Amazon Echo are taking off. The Echo's install base in the U.S. grew from $20 million in the third quarter of 2017 to more than $30 million in the fourth quarter. So um, 50% increase in usage. But still, yeah, if they have $30 million installed Amazon Echoes, that's what, like, Apple sells in iPhones every single quarter, mm-hmm. at least. Um, so it gives you some good perspective. But if you're interested in this kind of thing, you can go look through the 294 slides. Uh, some <laughs> of them will be much more interesting. I'm going than to others. do that. Um, so yeah, Mary Meeker's Internet Trends Report uh, is very in depth. Okay, enough data. This week, like I teased earlier, you have already heard uh, probably all the info about WWDC. It's probably on the local news. It's on Facebook. Apple says this. Apple says that. Today, as we record, um, or is actually yesterday, May 31st, Mark Gurman, the famed uh, Apple leaks and rumor analyst resource um, with Bloomberg, released kind of – he. I should almost make this not news – there's been a lot of conversation. There hasn't been a lot leaked this year. This is a very long article that does not say much at all. He does not have a lot of specifics. It says things like Apple's expected to release details on iOS 12 and their next version of the macOS. Well, they've done that every year for the last, yeah. as long as the conference. So here's has all existed. the stuff they've done in the past. We'll just increase it by one number. Yeah. Augmented reality, they'll talk about. Um, you know, they'll talk about. Bigger changes are coming in Mac software, you know, all this stuff where, yeah, they're going to cover all these points. There really has not been any leaks this yes. time around. So that's why you'll want to stick around to the end after the music, and we'll have our interjections with our quick thoughts on what they actually announced, because we have no idea what's going to come. It's a mystery. Yes. This last item, I just saw this. And it's very uh, fun little trick. So Twitter, Twitter has some very powerful search features. I think mm-hmm. I mentioned that before. This gives you the script where you can change the date in here, and it will give you your Twitter feed of all the people that you follow on that date moving back. Ah, so you can pick uh, whatever date. So I have it uh, June first, two thousand seven. So ten years ago, what was happening on my Twitter? The great thing about this. Ah, the Twitter timeline was so clean. There wasn't all this clutter, all this spammy stuff. Um, But it's got, you know, so Trailblazers fans, the Trailblazers tweeted, checking out the web about the debate, Odin or Durant. So it was the great uh, NBA draft with Greg Odin, Kevin Durant. Mm -hmm. Uh, Here we are 10 years later. Hindsight is 2020. I had a bunch of tweets from Woot. All their Woot deals going on. Uh, they had a 32-inch high-definition LCD TV for $439. Wow. Uh, so was, it, How big was it? It was a 32-inch. Wow. Yes. 32 inches. Um, a Xeon tablet 7-inch DVD player with video iPod talk for $60. Uh, so 
it's just a fun way to go back and look and see what was happening on Twitter at that time from, based on the people that you follow now. Mm-hmm. Uh, so a little time capsule, if you will. We like seeing A Twitter time capsule. A Twitter time capsule. I like seeing a reference of what was going on in the past technology and how far we have come. You know what? We have come so far in this episode. It is time for our picks of the week. Now, Nate, there are people out there who are weather fanatics. Mm. Are you a weather fanatic? Do you have a bunch of weather apps? I I don't. I've I've dabbled. I've yeah. dabbled in the weather fanatic realm. I I fly close to the sun, then I come back. Yes. You know, pun intended. Then I get a little closer, and I come back. Uh, right now, Dark Sky is kind of the app that I've been. Mm. You have to purchase it, and and I like it. And there are a few others. There's a Weather Underground app that's really good. Well, here's one I came across that's completely different from anything I had seen before. And the title of this app is called Thunderly. <laughs> that's the intro. <laughs> it took me a little bit by surprise. Yeah. But this is an application that shows you in audibly and visual forms of all the lightning strikes that are happening Ooh. on planet Earth, planet happening on planet Earth right now. So six, since I turned this app on, there have been six, wow. seven, eight. Who knew? Where are they happening? It looks like a bunch of them are happening in Europe. Uh, looks like Spain cool. is getting some weather over on uh, like pa- maybe Pakistan. No, no, no. The Middle East. Wow. It's it's dark over there, yeah. so it's hard to see the lines. But yeah, there's you can. It's an interactive map huh. that you can zoom in on. It's a well, it's a globe actually. Yeah. Google and Earthy. Yeah, and it highlights where all the lightning strikes are happening. And you can just leave it on and sit on your desk and kind of leave the ambient lightning strike going in the background. And it's, nice. it can be therapeutic. But it's if you're into weather and you want something new, it's a free application. Uh, lightning in real time. Thunderly by Jen Plasic. Fun. That is a fun one. Well, mine, I'm going to give you a little peek behind the curtain. We've probably mentioned it at some point in the podcast, but I'm going to pick the application that we use to record our lovely audio every week. iMovie. <laughs> no. No. That's no, not. We use a program called Audio Hijack. Well, that sounds a little nefarious to me. Yes. It doesn't. Well, it does hijack the audio. Audio Hijack is a program, it only costs. $59 for the full version. You can do a trial on there. But what Audio Hijack does is it basically visually lets you create a recording studio. So back in the day, you had, you know, if you see a picture of the Beatles in their recording mm-hmm. studio, there's a million cables going everywhere and they had these boards and Patch all this bays stuff. and all this stuff. So Audio Hijack is really a virtual version of that and gives you a ton of flexibility. So like when we've had a caller, I can just drag in a Skype module and it records the Skype application. So you can pick which applications to record from. Mm-hmm. You can do all kinds of monitoring. You can do adjustments, all these different levels. So if you're interested in creating a podcast maybe and using your computer for it, or if you're into audio and you want to create some sort of audio creations, I would definitely give Audio Hijack. It's from a company called Rogue Amoeba. They make a lot of great applications. Like I said, a free download to try it out, and you can get a feel for it. They've got some great visuals on their website of how you kind of create this. I don't know how you would, almost like a timeline mm-hmm. uh, of all the different aspects of what you're trying to do. It's like a mind audio. map. Yes, yes, that's a good one, a mind map. I have tried many applications in the past, and it's really hard to beat Audio Hijack. If you want to do any type of... Audio foo with your computer, this is the one to get. Yes. 
Um, so check it out. If you are interested in audio, this would be a fun thing to play around with. You could, you know, have YouTube going on your computer, record some audio from that, and then speak over that and uh, do all kinds of crazy stuff. And it is how we, uh, cr- how we record the podcast every week uh, before Dave goes in and does his amazing, <laughs> amazing, zing, 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 editing work that he'll probably edit that out. Amazing, zing, zing, zing. Amazing, zing, zing, zing. That wraps up this episode of the Not Nerd Podcast. Don't forget to stick around past the music to hear our WWDC coverage. Other than that, share it with a friend. Hopefully somebody didn't turn on their passcode 10 attempts yet. You can break into their phone, go into the podcast app, hit subscribe. Right. And uh, then they'll be listening to the Not Nerd and teching better. This is a Not Nerd News Special Report. I'm David Baylor. Apple Computer held their annual Worldwide Developer Conference this past Monday morning in San Jose, California. Some of the most notable announcements include the introduction of iOS 12, Mac OS Mojave, and numerous other software additions and enhancements. For iOS, you can expect all-around speed improvements wrapped inside a more stable computing environment. There's a new augmented reality file format and many additional improvements to the Photos app. Still, no entry-level storage space increase for iCloud users, however. Shortcut is a new feature that will be debuting this fall. It's basically a rebranded version of the Workflow app that Apple purchased just over a year ago. It will allow users to create shortcuts to perform a series of tasks using multiple applications. Apple is jumping into the fray of phone addiction by offering new settings to help users and parents of users control just how much time they spend using various apps and performing certain tasks. An emoji is back and better than ever with several new characters. As fun as those may be, users will now be able to create custom caricatures of themselves using the new Memoji tools. What's more, those custom and default characters can be used with the new multi-party FaceTime update. Up to 32 of your closest friends can now have a simultaneous FaceTime conversation. The Apple Watch will be seeing an update this fall as well with Watch OS 5. That is, unless you're an original Series 0 Apple Watch user, like me, those devices won't be supported. For everyone else, they can enjoy many new improvements, including a walkie-talkie feature. Apple TV rounds out the iOS announcements with its new Dolby Atmos support. That brings us around to Mac OS Mojave. This update for Apple desktop and laptop computer operating systems offers a new system-wide dark mode along with a bevy of refinements, tweaks, and frills. Everything about this new operating system seems to streamline features that were already there in some capacity, but speed and stability improvements are always welcome. That just about wraps up the WWDC coverage. More news and information about this event can be found just about anywhere online, and I'm sure we'll be digging into details at a later time. This has been a Not Nerd News Special Report, and I've been David Baylor. Amazing zing zing.